Awesome. Good morning, guys. Uh, hope your week has gone well. Um, enjoyed the rain and the cold. Um, one thing to know about me, I, I enjoy the rain and the cold. It's the best. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You should send those booze to uh, Michigan State for getting blown out. Um, I only know. <laughs> uh, uh, if you see Andy, Andy Carlson, he went to MSU. Tell him, just ask him about the game. He'll tell you exactly how it went. Um, all right, so, um, hey, uh, again, my name is Brian. I'm one of the st uh, pastors on staff. Um, and we have been in this series called BLESS. Right, and it's an acronym for something. Uh, B begins with prayer, right? Um, literally, that's what it, it means, begin with prayer. Uh, the next one is like you, you listen. Um, and the E is for eating together. And I think last week, right, Jim went through the first S, and that was serve, right? Uh, serving together. Uh, and um, the last one this week, uh, will be to share, okay? Um, so this is the last week of our series, and it's simply to share, right? Uh, if we wanted to add on to that word, it would be sharing your story, right? Sharing your story. Um, and so this morning, okay, this morning uh, is going to be in a, really a big reminder and encouragement to believers who have been following Christ for a while. Okay, so if you consider yourself a mature believer, uh, you might have heard this encouragement to share your story. You have, might have heard like, hey, here's a breakdown of how you should share your story and, and all this stuff, right? Ultimately, right, the reason why we share our story, right, just a little snippet of the gospel, is that Christ laid down his life for us. Right? He laid down his life for us, so we lay down our lives for him uh, because ultimately that's... All, what matters, that's what changed our life, right? And, and I'll, I'll dig deeper into what that looks like, um, of, of what God's story is more and more. And I'm sure you guys know it, right? I'm sure you guys know the famous verse of John 3.16 and more, right? Because all over scripture is literally the story of how Christ has saved us, right? Even in the Old Testament, it's the details, the details of how Christ was coming to save us. Right? A lot of us, we look at the Testament, uh, New Old Testament, and we say, man, God was so mad. Well, have you ever looked at how evil the people were within the Old Testament? Right? How could God kill women and children, right? What did they do? Man, sin, sin breaks everything. It changes everything. Right? I, for some of us, when we look at the Old Testament and then we compare it to sin, we, it just doesn't click. But this is how terrible, right, how terrible the fall of, of humanity was when we sinned. It really, really ruined everything. And that's why we need, we need God's story. And so we're going to look at a guy, um, and I'm sure you guys know who this guy, his name was Saul, uh, also known as Paul. Uh, here's the common mistake we get from Saul and Paul, right? Uh, Saul got his name changed to Paul because Christ saved him. Uh, for this instant, it's, it's not. Uh, Saul was also known as Paul. 
if you look deeper into scripture and how it's worded, right, Saul, also known as Paul, uh, Christ didn't change his name, especially when he met Christ. That's just what, how people knew him. His Hebrew name was Saul. His Gentile name was Paul, okay? So two things where he's like, he's able to relate with two sides of the coin here, the Hebrews and the Gentiles. Just a fun fact. Uh, but before we go any further, um, if you're here uh, because you were invited by a friend, um, awesome. This is the first time you're in the church, the first time uh, you've sat in the church for a long time. I pray you hear the gospel. I pray you hear that Jesus loves you, he died for you, and he wants so much for you. He wants you to be with him in, in eternity. That's the greatest news. If there's anything you hear all morning, I pray you hear that, that God loves you. He absolutely is in love with you. And he wants you to be, he wants you to be with him in eternity forever. And your life, no matter how hard it is, you could live a life full of hope because of what Jesus did on the cross for you. If there's anything you get all morning, I pray you hear that. Let me pray for us. First of all, God, I just thank you for J. Road. I thank you for starting it. I thank you for the people you have used to start it. Um, I pray that, um, I just thank you that we're in this neighborhood where um, we have no idea what Steel Neighborhood is about. But we get to be missional. We get to figure out how to share the gospel in this area. Uh, but I also pray for us this morning that you will speak to us. You'll encourage us. You'll push us out of our comfort zone to share the gospel um, and to share our story. Everyone has a different story. Um, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, we're going to be in Acts 9. Okay, we're going to be in Acts 9, uh, and then we're going to jump into Acts 22 towards the end. Uh, but we're going to start off in Acts 9, 1 to 3. Um, and the, the header of this is just, before surrendering to Christ. All right. This is what it looked like before surrendering to Christ. Right. This is what this is what Saul, right, also known as Paul, was like. But Saul, in verse one, but Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, against us, against Christ's followers. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. And asked him for letters to the synagogue at Damascus so that if he found anyone, any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Right, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. This is Saul. This is a guy in scripture who thought he feared God. Right, who thought that he was following God by killing people who were saying they followed the way, who, who followed Jesus, right? He had a really messed up theology. He had a really messed up view of scripture, of the Old Testament. He had a really messed up view of who God is, right? And so he thought that, man, this new cult called the way, right, they're just loving people, sharing about Jesus. Something is wrong with them. Right? Something in Paul's mind was really 
messed up. And to the point where he was threatening people, he was killing people. Just a few chapters before this, right, he was watching a guy named Stephen get stoned. And I think in chapter 7, right, he was standing and approving and saying, you guys keep throwing stones at him. You kill him to death. You guys are pleasing God by killing this guy who says Jesus is Lord. Right? That was the whole thing, right? Paul did not believe that Jesus was actually the Messiah. And so he was killing anybody, anybody who believed that Jesus was the Messiah and that he did resurrect from the dead. This is Paul's backstory. This is Paul's story before he came to know Christ. Right? And uh, some of you guys, right, you guys might have that backstory. Um, the truth is there, there's probably some, unfortunately, right, there, there's probably some sex offenders up in here. There's some drunkards up in here. There's some people addicted to porn in here, right? There's some people who are not addicted to anything. You guys might, you, your biggest struggle might be just being a liar. All the same thing. Certain sins hold more consequences but still sin. Before you met Christ, you truly were a murderer. You truly were uh, everything you don't want to be. <laughs> right? You were a guy that was, you were a guy and a woman and, and even a child who was against Christ. And this is what Paul was. Paul is showing this story. Luke is showing us the story of Paul, of who he was. He was a murderer and he threatened people. And Further on in scripture, we get to see who Paul really was before Christ, right? Man, I can't imagine how many people Paul actually killed. And for some reason, Christ saved him. I can't even imagine how many people you have killed in your mind, how many people you have undressed in your mind, how much adultery you committed in your heart. Or you might have not physically done it, but you've done it. Guys, we're messed up. We are more messed up than we realize. Right? This is who we were before Christ. This is bef us before we surrender to Christ. Right? We might not have acted out on it physically, but we have acted out on it somewhere within secrets. Right? He goes on, right? This is where we get to see Paul's moment of surrender. Paul's moment of surrender. And he says in verse 3, it says this, Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Right? Remember what Jesus said um, to his disciples before he was leaving, at prepping them before he died? Uh, he was saying, look, if they persecute me, if they persecute you, they are persecuting me. They're persecuting me, my name, because you are trying to share it. And this is why uh, Christ is saying this, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul says this, he said, who are you, Lord? Okay, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Whom you are persecuting. In verse 6, it says this, right? But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who are traveling with him stood speechless, 
hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, neither ate nor drank. Paul was on his way to murder people. Murder you and I. People who represented that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was the ultimate savior, right? that he was the ultimate healer. Paul was on his way. And here's how he meets Jesus. He gets blinded. He gets blinded. Jesus talks to him audibly. And he says, bro, what you doing? Why are you killing my people? How epic is that story? How awesome is it to meet Jesus in that way? You know, my struggle with this, how Paul met um, met Christ, right, is that we want that same moment too. For a lot of us, right, we want this awesome testimony where we were addicted to something and then Christ saved us. And it becomes this cool story that we could share with people. So we're proud of it. We're proud that, man, this is who I was and this is where Christ got me. We're more proud of who we were before Christ than actually how we met Christ. Right? This was my mindset. I have one of the most boring testimonies in the whole entire world. I grew up in a Christian home. Right? Met Jesus my sophomore year. Started to go to youth, like I was in a youth group. I heard the gospel over and over and over again. But for some reason, my sophomore year finally clicked. And you know what? I started following the Lord from that point on. Right? But during that time, right, there were a lot of details. A lot of details where God had to reveal to me, man, I am more messed up than I realize. What if I didn't meet Christ in my sophomore year? What would have happened? Right? Super boring testimony. But there are some of you guys who have crazy testimonies, right? Where you're on your fourth marriage and you realize, man, I got to be a faithful husband and I got to follow the Lord. Where you are, you have been addicted to drugs and all these things and you realize like, man, I, gotta, I just got to surrender my life to Christ. Either way, right, be proud of how you met Christ. Share that story of how you met Christ. Because it's really important. It really is. And some of you guys here are sitting here and you're like, man, I'm just waiting for that blinding moment. The blinding moment is now. Some of you guys are in your deepest, darkest moment of life and you don't even realize it. You know what? How Christ really changed Paul? Right? That Paul finally acknowledged that he was wrong. Right? I think this conversation could have gone very, very different if Saul said, I am doing what you want, God, and I'm going to keep doing what you want. I see nothing wrong with, I'm do- with what I'm doing. I'm going to keep killing people who are saying that Jesus was the way. No. Saul met Christ, and he said, I can't believe that I have been wrong this whole entire time. Think about how you met Christ. What changed? What was that moment where you're like, wow, I am actually really messed up? Because you acknowledged something was wrong. 
And that's what happened with Paul and Saul. Right? He acknowledged something was wrong. Do you ever try to help someone who doesn't need help? Or you help someone who actually doesn't want help? You can't help that person, unfortunately. You just can't. Right? You could tell someone, bro, this is one plus one is two. But if they think it's three for the whole entire lives, you can't change that person. Right? It, and this is the whole point, right? Paul, Paul, what Luke is trying to show us there is that no matter what, right, our goal is to share the story, but our goal is also um, to point people to Christ, but it's not to save them. In this story, in how Saul met Christ, the hero is Jesus and Jesus only. It wasn't you. Right? It wasn't the messenger, the person that invited you. It is Jesus who has saved you. No matter how boring your testimony is, people need that. People need to hear that story that, man, your life was pretty cool before you met Christ. But then you could explain something much, a different perspective of saying, I needed to realize I wasn't all that good. Right, Romans? Shares all fall short of the glory of God. All are sinners. There's no one good. No, not one. And if you have that crazy testimony, get to the details of how you met Christ. Don't be proud of who you were before Christ because that is not something to be proud of, that you were a murderer and someone who threatened people. Get to the story. Get to the point. The main character is not you but Christ saving you all right let's go on um, in the next few verses he says this um, this is kind of a, a challenge to us who are mature especially if you consider yourself a, a mature um, Christ follower he says this now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen a, a vision, a man named Ananias come in and lay his hand on him, so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man. Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. Man, you ever meet someone who you think is so far gone, who you think there's no way that guy is coming to Christ anymore? Right? As mature believers, we get there. We look at people, we share the gospel over and over and over again, and we're just like, man, this is hopeless. Good thing it's not about you, right? Good thing it's not about you saving this person. That's about us just sharing and pointing this person to Christ over and over and over again. Christ will save this person. He will. But just like Ananias, some of us have this, this mindset, man, have you heard about this guy? There's no way. There's no way Christ can save him. There's just no way. 
look, if there was a way for Christ to save you, there's a way for Christ to save someone on the street. To save someone who has murdered and sexually assaulted someone for thousands of times. And that way is Jesus. No one is too far gone, right, to fall in love with Jesus. No one. He goes on, right, in verse 15, it says, But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Guys, if you've been following Jesus for a long time, you got to come alongside someone who is new to the faith. You got to come alongside someone who is new to the faith and you got to walk with them. Right? New believers, they're on fire for sure, but they're also ready to listen. But if no one's there to walk alongside them, they will get pulled away by the world. Jared, I think we have a lot of mature believers. But there's a lot of mature believers that's, that are not walking alongside someone. Um, as, a youth, as a youth pastor, right, my goal is just to talk to three kids. If three kids catch on to the gospel, those are my three kids. Right? Not showing partiality or anything, right? But if three kids think I'm cool, right, <laughs> somehow, <laughs> right? But if three kids have a, ha like if I got three kids' ears and I could share Jesus to them, I'm going to walk alongside them. I'm going to do things with them that I normally wouldn't do, right? I'm going to go ride a bike with them even though I don't want to. A grown man on a bike with little kids. It looks very weird, but it's all for the sake of God, the gospel, right? Um, and, and this is how we got to look at this. Guys, if you are a mature believer, be on the lookout. Who can you walk alongside with? Who can you help someone, like, understand scripture and, and the hard questions about Christ? And for some of us, right, um, look... Our knowledge of Christ, our theology of Christ is that Jesus is Lord, Jesus was human, yet he was God. It's good, right? But if you want to know about your faith more, you got to dig into scripture yourself so that you can walk alongside other people. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. If you're a mature believer and there's no one following behind you, that says a lot about your tree. It might not be fruitful, and it might need to be pruned. And honestly, that's probably what happened at J-Road. A whole bunch of mature believers who had no one behind them, and they left. If you're wondering why people leave, it's because there's no one following behind them. They got comfortable. Jesus was theirs and theirs only. And this is what the challenge to Ananias was. Hey, Ananias, you've been following me. You're a devout Christian. Can you go to this horrible man who has a terrible reputation? 
He just accepted Christ. He just met me. Can you walk alongside him? There are people in your lives that you could walk alongside, and they need you. They need you to, to show them the ways of Christ, just as someone showed you the way of Christ. Come alongside someone. Lastly, Um, we're going to kind of jump down to the details of what Paul's life looked like after he surrendered his life to Christ. All right, in Acts 22, I'm jumping ahead. Um, if, if you want to know, this is all Paul says. In all his letters, he talks about how, did, how he met Christ. Right? And little by little, you see details after details after details. And here's the detail of how he uh, started to follow Christ. And one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, well spoken of, of all Jews who lived there, came to me. Right? This is Paul sharing his story to people right, who just arrested him because of Jesus, who just beat him, who just flogged him. And he said to uh, the uh, prison guards, he said, hey, can, can, can I just share the gospel real quick? Even though I got a black eye, I barely could talk, I barely could see. Can I just talk to these people? And, and this is his story. He said, Ananias came to me and standing by me uh, said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. At that very hour I received my sight and saw him. And he said, the God of our fathers appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one, to hear the voice from his mouth. For you will be wit a witness um, for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. And now, uh, why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling his name, right? And going on in the next verse uh, is, is pretty much the same thing, right? As soon as Paul surrendered his life to Christ and Ananias walked alongside him, he said, and immediately something like scales from his face, from his eyes, he regained the sight and then he rose and was baptized. And taking food, he was strengthened. Man, after, after Paul met Christ, after Saul met Christ, um, th that's very, we see very minimal details. But Paul gives us letter after letter of what Christ did in, in his life. After Christ, after Jesus changed Paul's life, he planted churches. How he did that, he just shared the gospel. Right? And the question for you right, is, after you surrendered your life to Christ, think about what was the first thing you did? What happened? If you're a surrendered follower of Jesus today, right now, what, what are you doing to show your surrender, that you're surrendered to Christ? Guys, your story is really, really important. The story of how you met Christ can change someone. Look, in youth group, we're going through these hard questions. Why did Jesus have to die? Really hard question, right? If Jesus knows everything, why didn't he just change everything? Honestly, I don't have the answers. I tell the students, I don't got the answers. But I do know that Jesus had to come, and he had to save us. And that's the only answer I could give you on the tough situations. 
And that might be some of the reasons why we don't share the gospel, because we feel ill-equipped. There are some questions we just can't answer, and we just have to point someone and tell someone, I don't know, but I know Jesus is real, and I know he loves you. And this is what Paul did. He answered some of the tough questions, but he just pointed people to Christ. So who in your life needs to be pointed to Jesus? Is it your family, your coworkers, your friends? Right? Don't be ashamed of your story, no matter how boring or how crazy it is. The most important part right, is that you introduce them to the main character who has saved you, and that being Jesus. And here's the cool thing, right? Um, the only reason why I say share your story is because God, God did the same for us. He shared his story. He shared his story through Jesus. And John 3.16, for most of you guys, you should know this if you've been in church for a while, right? Um, he says this, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in uh, believe is condemned already because he has not believed the name of the only son of God. Man, the reason why we share our story is because Christ did also. If you're wondering, why should I share the gospel? Because Jesus did. He shared his life with us. He shared every, as much details as he could with us. If you're wondering, like, what is my motivation, may Jesus be your motivation. You might not like the person you're about to share your story with, but may your love be greater than your dislike for that person. May your love for Christ, right, be greater than your dislike for people to know the gospel. May that be your sole motivation. And there's going to be some people who are just, it's just super simple to share the gospel with. Share it. You got an important story. Man, think about it. Review your story and how awesome was it when you, right, man, Christ saved me from this. Christ helped me with this. Man, I got to share that. And so, um, it's just like this, right? Um, when I told people I signed up for a marathon, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I just had to tell people, I signed up for a marathon. I ran a marathon. I did it, right? It, it's like super, super great. Like, I'm like, yeah, I finally did it. It took me five hours, but I, I finished, right? I was thinking finished. Um, writhing in pain, whatever, and I'm like, man, I want to do this again, right? And, and now I'm telling other people, like, hey, I want to run another marathon. I want to do it. Um, why? Because it, it, it's great news, at least for me, right? It's really good news for me because it's, it's so exciting. I'm, I'm passionate about it, right? And in the same way, right, this is the same thing with Jesus, right? We got to come back to Jesus' story and say, this is the greatest news, a marathon is great. It's temporary. It's a temporary medal. But someone knowing Jesus, your story of sharing that story with Jesus, it's, it's eternal. It's an eternal medal. You could point someone to Christ 
and points them to eternity. We hold the greatest news in the world. It's a message of hope. It's a message of change. It's a message of love. It's a message of pain, anger, joy. Right? All the emotions that Jesus felt. Share your story because Jesus shared his story with us. Let me pray for us. God, there's, there's multiple reasons why we don't share. We're scared. We don't know what to say. Um, for some of us, it's we feel like hypocrites sharing the love of Christ. Um, but God, you, first of all, you were, in, in Scripture, shows us in Matthew that uh, when we're in an uncomfortable position and you're calling us to share the gospel, you're going to give us the words. When we're in scary situations, you're going to give us the words. And if it's us disqualifying ourselves for, for, for thinking, man, I'm a sinner. I, how, how am I supposed to share the gospel? Uh, may we look at John 3.16 3, and say, man, I am forgiven and loved. Let me share that news. God, I pray nothing holds us back. that our lives line up with the gospel. But at some point, we're going to have to speak up. I pray at some point, we are not ashamed to speak up. I pray we're like Paul, that we should share the gospel with no shame. Jesus, thank you for dying for us. Thank you for living your life and allowing us to relate with you. Thank you for taking the brunt of persecution and showing us there's no pain that can stop us from sharing the gospel. And I pray as, as a church, as believers, um, we dig deep into your word. We understand our history as Christians. We understand our purpose and goal as Christians. And God, as Paul's mission was to share the gospel and suffer for it, may that be the same mission we have too as a church. In Jesus' name we pray.